Hi, welcome to another recording of the Encouraging Word. Um, my name is Stephen Young, and I'm also with Paul Bennett. Um, we are excited to bring to you another episode. Um, this one's going to be a fun one. It's going to be a, a lighthearted um, one that we're going to um, talk about Thanksgiving. So we're going to, um, with Thanksgiving coming up, we thought it would be appropriate to have a conversation about talking about some of our Thanksgiving experiences growing up, Thanksgiving traditions and such, but also um, having a little bit of scripture in there and, and looking at Thanksgiving um, and uh, what different passages that in, in the Bible that speak of Thanksgiving. And there is a lot of them, so that was not a hard thing to do. So um, any opening words, Paul, for our Thanksgiving podcast? Uh, no, I'm, try- I'm picturing which Bible, you're talking about Bible passages about just the concept of giving thanks yeah yeah not oh, the, the original it. thanksgiving is not was it like <laughs> it's not Deuteronomy in the pocket yeah <laughs> or exactly the, the other book that nobody's ever heard of like pilgrims nine yeah oh, yeah, yeah. Pil- pilgrims, <laughs> pilgrims <laughs> die yeah. pilgrims progress is not part of the scriptures right is that no okay. maybe it should be i mean it's yeah. highly thought of. right right it yeah. should be um no but this is this is going to be a fun one so um, we're excited to bring this to you we're already in in the mode yeah yeah first we're going to start with our fit segment something that's funny interesting thought-provoking and uh i'll I'll begin with mine which is the artemis rocket launch that happened last night um exciting well i would have been excited but i fell asleep (laughs) fell asleep (laughs) the rocket didn't launch until one almost 150 148 in the morning um i thought i so uh, there was a guy who um he was live broadcasting the launch and i was listening to him hoping that i would wake up for the launch you know everyone would wake up to the sound of a rocket exploding but (laughs) obviously (laughs) well not not exploding right a rocket taking off uh, it did not explode (laughs) thankfully um but apparently a rocket launch is not enough to wake me up so I slept right through it and ended up waking up in the middle of the night to the guy's voice and him like freaking out about how exciting it was and I had missed it. So, but I caught it uh, in the morning. Um, it was exciting. It's pretty cool. It's pretty cool to see a rocket launch at night too. It's just, it's so bright. It's probably, I mean, it's incredibly bright. Anyways, the Artemis launches. What's exciting about it? It's a, um, it's kind of our this generation's return to the moon. Like, um, it's beginning. Um, uh, our quest for the moon again with more ambition than the first time with the Apollo launches. Um, there's there's um, goals to build more sustainable stuff on the moon. There's goals for uh, um, kind of a, you could say like a space, almost like a International Space Station, but having something like that, smaller version um, that orbits the moon. And ultimately the goal is to use the moon as a base to get to Mars. So very very exciting um so this first mission was an unmanned mission it's just sending i think the i think it's called orion i think it's the name of the the capsule i could be wrong but they're sending it out to the moon and then it's going to orbit the moon for a couple weeks and then come back in december 11th i think um so that's really exciting to um, i really love space stuff I think it's exciting to that sense of human exploration um to find out what else is out there and um, I think it's uh, it's just kind of cool to um, see what human beings can do 
Um, and, and it also makes me imagine, like, what if what if we didn't have the wars and conflicts that that cause all the divisions? What if we, as as a human race, just focused on space exploration? Uh, that would be absolutely amazing. What what we could achieve, but mm. what we're doing now is is, is pretty cool. Um, so I've enjoyed that. So you don't uh, ascribe to the conspiracy theories that that humanity has never set foot on the moon it was all <laughs> fake you're not uh, in that camp no, no i'm pretty no. sure it's real it's i because you saw it on tv right yeah. yeah i guess the why i don't know why they would spend all that money on rockets and stuff that they just wanted to fake it you know it's there's a lot there's a lot better um a lot easier ways i guess to fake a moon landing than building a massive rocket <laughs> actually building a rocket yeah <laughs> So oh, I'm pretty sure that we've been there, but I think Elvis is there too. <laughs> and maybe yes. this mission will yes. unearth the true answer exactly. to the mystery. Actually, the goal is to see if the moon is really made of cheese. That's that's <laughs> the goal. And is it so great? <laughs> yeah, you're right. <laughs> yeah, or is that just the the skewed right. colors? Yeah. You know, looking right. at it through space. So that's the goal. They're sending a bunch of mice up there too to taste really? test it. And yeah. Well, they they use mice to test everything else. <laughs> yeah. <right? laughs> well use them that's, that's in a good, space. That's too. a good point. Yeah, yeah. we send them in space too. Wow. <laughs> well, that was uh, it ended up being funny, interesting, and thought provoking. Oh, so you really hit the nail on yeah. the head there, yeah. Stephen. Um, so my fit is, uh, I guess it fits into one or two of those categories, but I would probably describe it more as terrifying than anything else and and that's the fact that um my my son my my second oldest is uh now in possession of his temporary permit so he (laughs) has the authority to sit behind the wheel of a car (laughs) and um fortunately not without me in the passenger seat but um but we're a, a couple weeks into it the process of uh, getting his permit went fairly smoothly uh he passed passed the test um and we've started doing a little driving so far just in parking lots i'm sure there's probably a, a book or a you know a blog or something out there that's supposed to tell you how to teach your kids how to drive and i i never uh looked into it i just kind of make it up as i go and uh we started in in a parking lot and um one place that not too many people think of um that's good for new drivers is uh, cemeteries don't don't read too much into that this is what happens to you if you drive too fast <laughs> right, or without right. your seatbelt yes it's <laughs> a it's a good uh, intimidation yeah, factor right. but um I, with all that you know it's it's similar to driving on the road except there's virtually no traffic and uh you you know it's good good place to get some practice nice and wide <laughs> uh paths so remind you of reality of human life you know, yes we're all yes going yes and if you hit something it's probably a tree right. or a stone and hopefully not but or ghost um, yeah or ghosts <laughs> yeah and you just go right through them so yeah um uh, but yeah we're, we're well on our way and soon to be on the actual road and uh so i'll you know, come up with a good system when that time comes. How to notify the community, so you all know to hunker <laughs> down. <laughs> <The community>. <laughs> <laughs> Steer clear. <laughs> but uh, pray for us as we we move forward with that. Um, so that's uh, terrifying, but you know, a little interesting as well. So, uh, so with that being said, we're ready to to talk Thanksgiving. Uh, we try to Stephen and I try to be attentive to uh, the, the seasons and. 
and uh, occasions that we all share in common, and Thanksgiving is uh, nearly upon us. So we thought we'd start uh, by talking um, a little bit more lightheartedly about our own personal experiences with Thanksgiving, kind of family traditions and maybe unique stories, uh, and then move into a, a kind of a deeper analysis of what Thanksgiving is all about. Um, so we will jump right into that. Uh, I'll, I'll go first, share a little bit about my my experience with Thanksgiving over the years. And um, one of the things that reflecting on this has forced me to recognize is that I'm probably that I'm old, I guess, for, <laughs> for lack of a better way of saying it, and old enough to see how family traditions can evolve over time. Uh, there was a time in my life when people would ask me, well, what do you do for Christmas? Or what do you do on Thanksgiving? Or what are your you know, traditions uh, for Christmas va- or uh, summer vacations? And and it was always just one story. But now when people ask me that, I have to think, okay, well, we I used to do this when I was a kid. And, you know, when my kids were young, we did it this way. And now the kids are getting older and maybe we have some, some new traditions. Uh, so for Thanksgiving, uh, for me, when I was a kid, we would start in the morning with a, a fancy breakfast. And my mom was a, the expert, uh, would steer that process. She had a, a family recipe for some coffee cake that was just, you know, knock your socks off good. Always had like five different colors of frosting on it. Uh, breakfast casseroles, um, usually some fresh fruit. So we uh, we started as any good American uh, does with the, uh, you know, with food, <laughs> nice fancy. <laughs> it's really what Thanksgiving's sadly all about, isn't right. it? Um, and then more often than not, we'd have the the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on. And uh, we would get to see which celebrities they put in charge of hosting and um, which ones were, like, underdressed for the, the weather and sitting there uh, freezing and shivering in the uh, New York streets in the middle of November. Um, but always looking for, right, the, the floats and the um, the inflatables. Is that what they're called? Or what are they called yeah. when they're that big? Is it an Infl- inflatable? Yeah. Or it's not like a balloons. bouncy house. Balloons, maybe, yeah. yeah. Yep. Uh, But, you know, those were always a personal favorite. And then, um, you know, at some point in the afternoon, we would head to one point, I think, my grandparents' house. And then my oldest sister uh, had a a home that we would gather in. And then we would kind of do it all over again. We'd make another big fancy meal and uh, sit down to a traditional Thanksgiving dinner and just enjoy each other's company. Maybe some football on in the background. Um, And I think... Thanksgiving, uh, you know, when I was younger, and to this day, you know, it's one of the few holidays that you feel like has uh, has very little religious um, connotations to it or, or connections to it, and um, so it ends up just being a, a day of celebration and, and just uh, being together. Um, you don't have those extra layers, extra levels of, of understanding and uh, for good or, or for bad, but I think it's still a, a worthwhile uh, and enjoyable holiday. As we got older um, and uh, st- as I started my own family, there's a few new traditions we picked up. Um, one is, is really, I think, very unique, and, uh, and it has a story behind it. So I have a, a group of friends that live uh, primarily in the Akron area, and one of my friends actually had a, a family tragedy occur on Thanksgiving. He woke up uh, on Thanksgiving morning and um, his mother had passed away overnight uh, unexpectedly and he he ended up uh, finding her and and, um, had a a pretty dismal Thanksgiving 
and um you know was really shaken by that and so we decided our our group of friends that we would try to um in the years that followed try to make thanksgiving a little less awful for him by starting a tradition of getting together on thanksgiving morning and instead of him uh, eating the fancy meal his mom would have made uh, we would make a fancy meal of our own so this is something we've been doing for probably 10 years or more uh, get together with some friends on Thanksgiving morning. Usually my family's still asleep when I leave, so they I mean, don't even notice I'm gone. But uh, we have a nice uh, uh, meal, sometimes cooked on the, out on the, the grill. We'll make, like, uh, breakfast sandwiches and are uh, on the Blackstone. That's a new fancy uh, grill that's like a flat just a flat cooking surface. So make a nice meal and, um, you know, hang out and play play a few video games we also started the tradition of uh everybody would bring their leftover pumpkins from uh the house that they used to decorate for halloween and we would take uh, either a machete or a bat and we would just destroy them and and um you know go out in the backyard my friend lives by a lake and and we would just um, have a little fun you know disposing of the pumpkins and then feeding them to the geese that hang out by the lake so, you know, you can roll your eyes at me. I can't see it's very it. very environmental of you guys. Environmental. Yeah, <laughs> so what nice. would you write? I mean, what else are you going to do with your put People <laughs> what, put them on the curb. Right. Wait for it so they end up in a dump. So, yeah. you know, we thought it was a way to, to have some fun and, um, you know, feed the ducks. So that's what we do. So, uh, and then after that, of course, uh, um, we uh, get ready for our family uh thanksgiving at my in-laws uh my my wife's aunt and uncle's house and uh have a big old meal and enjoy ourselves um there was uh, early on after we got married i was shy and afraid of her family probably more than i should have been and i would hide in the corner just watching the football game and i've gotten really good at venturing out and, and being more sociable um and she's got a wonderful family so we have a good time out there uh, there was a few years where we had a tradition, and, and it's still off and on, where I go to another friend's to, to have a turkey bowl, play a quick uh, game of uh, football in the middle of the day. But it uh, makes things a little bit more hectic. But, you know, you pack as much as you can into into that day and have a good time of it. So uh, that's kind of the rundown um, in, in excruciating detail. Uh, Steven, what do, you, what do you got? What's your Thanksgivings look like? Do you got like a favorite food item or traditions for your family? Yeah, I think uh, <coughs> Thanksgiving is um, it's always a time where we would come together. And my greatest Thanksgiving memories are us going when we lived in, well, when we, li- we lived in Bloomington, Illinois, and we also lived in Kansas City. But each year we would go to uh, Chicago and see all my cousins and aunts and uncles and grandparents and it was always a ton of fun eat a lot of food um what i mean what's interesting yeah i mean thanksgiving has a lot to do with food but it's actually more fellowship and Mm -hmm. the food is what brings us to the table so to speak and so that we can just have time and in each other's presence and a lot of fun going up to thanksgiving and um uh, seeing everyone that we hadn't seen all year and just catching up and a lot of great memories there um, and of course it's uh, we would travel so I have a lot of memories traveling up to Chicago and um, some of the playlists that <laughs> my dad would listen to all the time or 
playlists that I like to listen to, and it reminds me of those fond memories of traveling up to Chicago and um, spending time with the family. And it's also a time where I get to eat foods that I typically wouldn't eat <laughs> at home because my grandma um, can make some really cool and unique things. And um, and you just, you just, it's just weird. I, I guess you just can't cook a, even if you cook a Thanksgiving meal not on Thanksgiving, just just doesn't taste the same right i don't know yeah. it's something about yeah. eating a thanksgiving meal on thanksgiving yep even though you can have turkey whenever you can have mac and cheese whenever but having it on thanksgiving is just a just a special time um i guess we would always watch the football games too and um and also i i don't i think i asked paul this off when we were off air but sometimes they would do shopping black friday shopping not a i've probably only gone once or twice um not a huge shopper and now with the way when we were growing up it was different we didn't have like easy access to the internet now a lot of black friday sales are online like i've already been shopping black friday (laughs) from the comfort of my living room and uh it's just it's a lot easier uh, more efficient and (laughs) you keep better track of your budget too and and then you can compare prices and realize why this (coughs) Black Friday price actually isn't that great, you know, like, or everyone else is selling at this price. And anyways, um, so a little bit of shopping here and there, but ultimately too, I think Thanksgiving is at least for me, I don't know how it is for Paul. Thanksgiving opens the door for Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you, what about you? Are you, uh, listening to Christmas music before Thanksgiving? Or are you like wait till Thanksgiving and then we allow the floodgates to, uh, I'm more of a, I, yeah, I I generally would rather wait till maybe a week or two before Christmas. <laughs> Jeez, a week yeah. two before well, Christmas. Like a, wow, it's, it's too anticlimactic when you start so early. Like I feel <laughs> like I need like layers of there of Christmas spirit to evolve right. throughout the season. I can't like start, you know, with all of it build up and then maintain right. the the joy throughout. Right, right? that's funny. Um, usually it's after around Thanksgiving where I like, I have to fight to hold off all the Christmas stuff, but after Thanksgiving, I feel like, oh, it's fine. Like, just let it go. <laughs> <laughs> let it go. I'm going to sound it. like a Grinch. Right. Oh, like Christmas <laughs> stuff. Uh. Can't, can't hold it out. Can't fight it off anymore. Right. Yeah. Um, no, but I, I love the Christmas season. It's just so much, it's. Yeah, it's kind of funny when I think about it because you go from Thanksgiving is, is a high and then you're heading towards Christmas and that's a high. And then I feel like it's just January and February is just like you have that huge just let the drop off, that huge like just, uh, oh, well, all the holidays are over and New yeah. Year's is over and now it's just cold and dreary. And <laughs> there's yep. nothing. Yep. Now you're just waiting for spring to come. Right. Um, so it's around this time. It's like the peak of the season. Um so yeah, that's uh, a little bit of. So I, I guess in terms of what do we do now? Because we I haven't gone up to Chicago. We don't. My grandma doesn't live there anymore, and it's not the same. And so now it's kind of where what Paul just mentioned, like trying to build up our own family traditions and what does that look like for us now? And we're kind of in the middle of that transition to seeing how Thanksgiving is um, now. Um, but yeah, some of, some of my thoughts. So you, you you flew right past this, but what was on this this playlist that you would listen to on the <laughs> way to Chicago? It was just uh, oh, what was it? 
Um, well, my dad would listen to a lot of jazz, uh, which is, I like, I like some jazz, but I also, I like a lot of instrumental music, but it's because of, um, listening to that in the car, and we listen to worship music, C.C. Winans, a lot in the album that, what's that, I think it's her album, Alabaster Box, mm. um, fantastic album, I love it, it's probably my favorite worship CD or worship album now, so, yeah, it's typically what we would listen to. Interesting. That's yeah. a great way to get into the <laughs> spirit of right. Thanksgiving. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, what's, what's your go-to foods? Do you have a favorite on the menu um, there? I like ham. I, I think I would pick ham over turkey. Um, what else would I pick? Well, remember my grandma would cook, like cooking greens or anything that she made mac and cheese mm. like my whole plate would just be covered and you end up just mixing stuff together because it all tastes really good um and there's always like the post post thanksgiving hangover because <laughs> you're just like <laughs> yeah. so full of food yeah. everyone was asleep <laughs> the yeah. ref, like for two hours yeah it's almost like a snake ingesting um their food <laughs> you just you just lay there with your belly out right. like trying to digest all the food That's so funny. yeah it's kind of always uh, yeah I'd, I'd prefer ham over turkey too but nowhere i go offers ham because i guess they think turkey's the tradition and uh they so don't offer ham no it's a, it seems what? like it's a christmas thing more you know you do ham on christmas turkey on that bowl that's weird to me. Bowl? Yeah, oh. we have turkey. I'm coming Tur- your way. Turkey. <laughs> turkey? <laughs> yeah, turkey. Is that ham? Turkey. Turkey. Yeah. No, I, I would prefer ham, but turkey's all right. And sandwiches, you know, are pretty good afterwards. Make, yeah. make yourself a nice turkey sandwich. And uh, we have, um, you know, pumpkin pie I love. Yeah, and um, yeah. uh, homemade applesauce. Ooh. Yeah. That's good stuff, and then um, and I could I could pound those uh, dinner rolls. We call them uh, butt crack rolls because they, <laughs> they, they with the the line down it. So, oh uh, but those are really good too. Uh, so. yeah, yeah, it's not my favorite meal of the year, but uh, you know it doesn't keep me from overindulging. Yeah, I think it sure. probably was my favorite meal of the year. Yeah, but turkey just ended up being dry as by not all the yeah. time, but. There's more likelihood that turkey's dry than ham. Oh, for sure. I just like the for taste sure. of ham better. Yep, I'm right there with you. Yep. So uh, just to, to further uh, edify you all in our audience and, and stick with our Thanksgiving theme, I thought it would be interesting to uh, look up a little history about Thanksgiving. And, and I'm not uh, so much interested in going back to the original story because um, that's something you've been learning about since you were little probably and and there's all sorts of different uh takes on that but um but some of how thanksgiving evolved into an actual holiday a national holiday so i'm going to read this um excerpt from uh history.com i thought if you want to you know learn about history what better place to go than (laughs) history.com so i want to make sure i give credit (laughs) where credit is due uh, but this is this is um, some interesting uh, stuff on on how Thanksgiving evolved into a national holiday. Of course, it started uh, here in 1621. The, the Plymouth colonists and the Wampanoag Indians uh, shared an autumn harvest feast that is acknowledged today as one of the first Thanksgiving celebrations in the colonies. Pilgrims held their second Thanksgiving celebration in 1623 
to mark the end of a long drought that had threatened that year's harvest and prompted Governor Bradford at the time to call for a religious fast. Days of uh, fasting and thanksgiving on an annual or occasional basis became common practice in other New England settlements as well. So it kind of became normal to practice and set aside a day of of, uh, thanksgiving uh, fasting, ironically enough, you know, who would, who would think to fast on Thanksgiving, but that was one of the first ways that they celebrated it. So it began to spread through other New England settlements. And then continuing on, during the American Revolution, the Continental Congress designated one or more days of Thanksgiving each year. And in 1789, George Washington issued the first Thanksgiving proclamation by the National Government of the United States, 1789, In it, he called upon Americans to express their gratitude for the happy conclusion to the country's war of independence and the successful ratification of the U.S. Constitution. His successors, John Adams and James Madison, also designated days of thanks during their presidencies. In 1817, New York became the first of several states to officially adopt an annual Thanksgiving holiday. Each state celebrated it on a different day, however, and the American South remain largely unfamiliar with the tradition. So we already see it linked uh, to the, the conclusion of the Revolutionary War and George Washington uh, calling for it to be instituted, as well as some of uh, presidents who followed him. Then Abraham Lincoln, at the height of the Civil War, made a proclamation entreating all Americans to ask God to commend to his tender care all those who have become widows, orphans, mourners, or sufferers in the lamentable civil strife and to heal the wounds of the nation. And he scheduled Thanksgiving for the final Thursday in November, and it was celebrated on that day every year until, and I thought this was interesting, 1939, when Franklin D. Roosevelt moved the holiday up a week in an attempt to spur retail sales during the Great Depression. You know, so why not? move around a, a holiday uh, to make money. And, it, it, you know, probably ignorant for me to sit here and say this. I didn't live through the Great Depression. And uh, much respect for FDR. But it's interesting to read uh, in this context. Roosevelt's plan, known derisively as Franksgiving, Franksgiving, was met with passionate opposition. And in 1941, the president reluctantly signed a bill making Thanksgiving the fourth Thursday in November again. So that's a little history of how we got to where we're at um, and uh, bringing in such big names as uh, Washington and Lincoln and and FDR, each playing a role in this. And uh, that's uh, why you get, you know, a day or maybe two off every year to, you know, stuff your face with uh, turkey and watch football. So uh, there is a a significant uh, backstory to it. So we're ready to to move into probably the the, – maybe the – not quite as entertaining, but more meaningful portion. Uh, Stephen, you want to lead us in uh, connecting this to Scripture somehow, some way? Right. So we, as I said at the top of the podcast, we're going to be we're going to look at the word thanks and Thanksgiving um, that's found in Scripture. Um, and as we said before, it's a lot. Um, you could also, with the word thanks, you could also put in gratitude as well and contentment, and um, those words are all. Uh, as a matter of fact, I feel like those words are um, what's what help identifies who Christians and, and also in Israel and the Old Testament, those who follow God are 
those who are giving thanks. So we'll look at some of those. Um, so I picked, I think Paul, both Paul and I picked one Old Testament, one New Testament passage. My Old Testament passage is Daniel chapter 6, verse 10, um, and it reads, Now when Daniel learned that the decree had been published, he went home to his, his, uh, to his upstairs room where the windows opened towards Jerusalem. Three times a day he got down on his knees and prayed, giving thanks to his God, just as he had done before. So putting this passage in context, um, the so Daniel was uh, was one of the ruling elders, I guess you could say, um, and what what was it? Ba- it wasn't Babylon. It was uh yeah, it's uh, Babylon. Was it Babylon? Yeah, I okay. think it was a, yeah. Syrian was. I was thinking Syria's after. Yeah, I was before that. So Babylon, he's one of the ruling authorities in Babylon, and um, he was doing an excellent job and 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 just doing a standout job, but. The other rulers around him were getting jealous of Daniel, and, and they wanted to catch Daniel. They were trying to find a way to, to, to get Daniel in trouble, and they could not find anything because Daniel was so outstanding in what he did. So they tricked, basically tricked the king to make a law that said, like, no one can pray to any other god but to the king, and anyone who prays to anyone else but the king um, would be killed. Um, and But the king didn't know they were using this to trap Daniel because he— he liked Daniel. Um, so what ended up happening, he signed it, and then once he signed it, these these other um, kind of semi, these other rulers who were underneath the king, they found Daniel praying. But after, when Daniel found out that the, the decree was sent out and was signed and, and that he had to pray to the king, um, Daniel still decided to pray to the Lord. And what's amazing is that during this, this conflict and during this this time of uncertainty for the Jewish people and for himself, he still uh, was able to give thanks to God, uh, which is just incredible um, because he, he was living in a nation that had no respect for his God. He had, there was just a law that was signed that he would be killed for worshiping his God, um, but yet he still found um, that um, really the ability um, and still has that insight to give thanks to God in the midst of that situation. And I think that's just a fantastic um, thing for us to emulate and, and an example for us to follow is that even in the midst of uh, uh, the struggles of life and things not going our way and even when even great powers like the government are against us, um, there's still a way to give thanks to God. Um, God is still greater than all that we face any struggles that we face and, and the promise and the hope that God provides is greater than any current situation that we have. And, and Daniel's just an example of amazing example of giving thanks to God in the midst of that. And, um, and it's just, I just think it's incredible because even I know a lot of times we can get very fearful of what happens if, if our faith, if we get persecuted, what happens if, if we don't have um, this element of, Christian power and the government, and no matter what happens um, to our government, no matter what happens to America, wherever wherever um, happens in the future, we still should be giving thanks. Because um, I don't think any, anything will be as bad as what Daniel was facing, um, but he still still was able to give thanks. So there's no wrong time to give thanks, right? And that's no. I think that's a powerful lesson, and what that teaches me about the concept itself is it's not 
it's not meant gratitude giving thanks isn't just meant for times when we feel thankful it's not just an emotional response to good things that are happening in our lives it's it's a it's a discipline really it's it's a spiritual discipline that Mm -hmm. uh, we're called to um train ourselves and teach ourselves to give thanks in all circumstances because giving thanks in a situation um, that is maybe less than desirable forces us and teaches us to see that blessings still exist within and it forces us to look to God uh, and and as we look to him we can entrust whatever the situation is over to him so Giving thanks is not something we just do when we're feeling all giddy and <laughs> we were like, boy, you know, overflowing with appreciation for something really exciting. It's more of a, a daily, like hourly practice that we're called uh, to engage in to to instruct our hearts and our minds uh, to be thankful even when they don't feel thankful. And to find uh, something to be thankful for, because in any bad situation, at the same time, there's there are hundreds and hundreds of things that are still good in our lives that we can give thanks for, and to look to uh, the the origin of those good things and give thanks. Yeah. So um, that's good stuff. And yeah, I, I was uh, I thought it was interesting when I was trying to pick a passage. I wandered upon Jonah and. <laughs> I, I wasn't aware of this, that Jonah had uh, prayed a prayer of thanksgiving while he was in the belly of the <laughs> fish, you know. So uh, those who know the story, maybe uh, Jonah's character is a little suspect at times. So whether he was praying it genuinely or whether he was trying to, you know, manipulate God into letting him out or, <laughs> or, or acting on his behalf, who knows. But um, another example of the importance of praying in, in dire circumstances and giving thanks in those moments and not just uh, complaining <laughs> and, right. and uh, asking for help. I think you could probably say Daniel is metaphorically in the belly of the fish right now in terms of his situation. You yeah. know, he's, he's facing death if he's caught in praying to God, and he still decides to pray to God even though it's his life is on the line. So, um, yeah. That's a great metaphor. He was already like in the belly of the beast. And <laughs> right. All it took was the swallow impulse to right. be engaged by the king, and he would have been toast, right? right. right. Yep. So absolutely. All right. Um, so for my my uh, passage from the Old Testament, I ended up settling on Leviticus chapter 23. And you're thinking, what good could possibly <laughs> come from Leviticus? But uh, I'm, I'm not going to read it because it's, it's really it's too long because it really encompasses the entire chapter. There's too many layers for us to really uh, get a whole lot of, out of it in a short sitting here. Uh, what I want to do is kind of explain why it's related to thankfulness. And if you uh, have opportunity to turn to it, you can or, or read it after the fact. But what we're seeing here is an introduction to the feasts uh, that God is mandating Israel celebrate each year this is when he's just establishing israel as a nation he's giving them all these new traditions and practices that they're supposed to engage in and and one is that they're supposed to celebrate these feasts uh, throughout the year and they had a number of different functions uh, but what struck me this time with a little help from uh, uh, google search or something else i can't remember but i came across an article talking about these feasts as a, a mode of uh, Thanksgiving and as 
God training his people to be thankful, the practice of thankfulness. And the three uh, most sacred of those feasts were Passover, uh, Feast of Weeks, and the Feast of the Tabernacles. And each of these are a different way of the people being taught to be thankful. Passover was a feast thanking God for rescuing the Israelites from uh, death and, and slavery back in Egypt. The Feast of Weeks uh, celebrated God's provisions through the wheat harvest. And then the Feast of Tabernacles, which came shortly thereafter, celebrated God's provisions through the olive and, and grape harvests. And uh, so these are just three of, of uh, a number of different feasts. And each of the three uh, required that all able-bodied uh, Jewish males would travel to Jerusalem to attend the feast. While they were there, they would offer sacrifices to God at the temple. <clears throat> and the suggestion, and what I pull from all of this, is that um, Thanksgiving really was the focus of um, the practices that the Jews were taught to engage in during these feasts. And we learn a couple of things. One, that being thankful requires not just a, a, an emotion of the heart, but it's uh, an active response. Being thankful requires an active response and a tangible sacrifice on our part. So the, the Jews were taught that they needed to uh, set aside time to be thankful, to celebrate these feasts. They had to uh, sacrifice of their time and their convenience and travel to Jerusalem. They had to offer a tangible sacrifice to God. So there are actions that we engage in to display our thankfulness. Their sacrifices were of the first fruits of the harvests uh, that they had recently collected. So they were giving the first and the best of what they had uh, produced back to God. So thanksgiving uh, and thankfulness de demands us to give our best back to God. And um, all of this was, was part of God teaching them the discipline of thanksgiving. In addition, they were taught uh, to, to pay it forward, not just celebrate what God had done for them, but pass it on to others. Because when they would harvest their crops, they were taught to leave the outside corners for other people who, who didn't have their own crops to come and harvest so they wouldn't starve. So uh, God taught the people, if they're, you're thankful for something I've done for you, then uh, do something nice for somebody else in response. So the feasts, along with the, the regular sacrifices, um, created this rhythm of thankfulness in the lives of the Israelites. And they would learn, because of this rhythm, these ways that they were doing uh, thankfulness, to be conscious all the time of the things that they were thankful for, the things that they should have um, shown appreciation to God for, and to always express that, that gratitude. And so my, you know, my challenge for us is to figure out what does this look like in our lives. A lot of people think, oh, I can just be thankful by telling myself to be thankful, but uh, we need to have structure in our lives to, to nurture this and discipline ourselves to be thankful for all the amazing things that God does for us. And if it's not celebrating feasts and doing the things that he required of the Israelites, what is your mode of, of being thankful and making sure that you don't just show appreciation when you feel like it, when things are going well, uh, but that you're constantly and always aware of, of the things that you should be thankful for and praising God for them and just living out that gratitude each and every day. So that's uh, my Old Testament, and Stephen's going to take us into the NT. Yep, so the New Testament passage I have is going right <laughs> to the end of the Bible. Um, Revelations chapter 7, verses 11 through 13. Um, I'll read this and then share a little bit um, from this passage. So 
It says all the angels were standing around the throne and around the elders and the four living creatures. They fell down on their face before the throne and worshiped God, saying, Amen. Praise and glory and wisdom and thanks and honor and power and strength be to our God forever and ever. Amen. Then one of the elders asked me, these in the white robes, who are they? Where did they come from? So I thought it was interesting here that um, in the New Testament here, you find the word thanks here at the very end of Scripture, um, the last book of the Bible. But what's also incredible is that thanks is, is a word that's used in the midst of all these really powerful words of praise and glory and wisdom, honor, power and strength, like all these words um, that are that 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 we associate with God, um, his wisdom, his glory, his his praise, him to be worthy of praise, his honor, his power and strength. Like these are mighty, mighty words that are that are spread throughout the course of Scripture, um, words that are used here to to uh, speak to God's um, almightiness, his Alpha and Omega, right? So, but right there in the middle of it is the word thanks, and I just find that very interesting that this word that can come off as gentle and this word that can come off as like uh, undervalued and um, this this word that uh, much can be take it by um, we don't think much of it like, oh yeah thanks thanks for this thanks for that but this word has so much power as used in the in the end of scripture um, to God you know that that we are to give thanks to God that is one of our responsibilities as Christians is to give thanks to God, and that's no insignificant thing that um, that we should take time from our days um, to to thank God. Um, just like even though Daniel was in is was basically in the belly of the well and everything was going wrong for him, he gave thanks. And then you see um, people throughout Scripture. Remember Paul in prison is, is singing praise songs, right, um, with Silas, and he, I mean, he's giving thanks there and. So you'll see throughout Scripture, people in dire situations are still able um, to thank God, um, even though things are not going the way. And as, as Paul said earlier, the thanks is not based on purely on the circumstance and situations. Like it's, of course, it's easy to say thanks on Thanksgiving when you're <laughs> when you're stuffed full of turkey and and meat and ham and um, just all the veggies and pies and cakes and. And you're, oh, thank you, Lord, for this great food, <laughs> right? And you're, and you're getting ready for the holiday season, and you're shopping for stuff. And, you know, it's like it's those times are not that you shouldn't give thanks. But, of course, it's, you know, it's not requiring much of you to say thanks, right? But but the moments when you're 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 sick or your child isn't listening or, you know, the just the dog days of life and giving thanks in the midst of that is, is, is something that uh, that is really takes much more effort, uh, much more intentionality, um, and, it, and it really draws you out of yourself to look around you and see what God is doing when you say thanks in, the, in that setting. So, um, yeah, I, it's, I, just, it's a, I just think it's incredible to see this word um, identified with God here in the midst of revelations and one of the peak climax moments in Scripture, the last book of the Bible, um, we're all to give God thanks. Yeah, I, I, um, I think it's interesting how you point out how we overuse the word thanks. And I don't, th- I don't know we necessarily overuse it like we're doing something wrong, but yeah. just one of those words is so common in the English language that we lose appreciation for what it really means. 
Mm. Uh, you know, kind of like the word love, and we talk about all the things we love. And, uh, you know, I love me some Taco Bell or something. (laughs) And we love God and, you know, with the same word. And what does that really mean? And so I think it's so important. um, And, you know, maybe Thanksgiving would prompt this, but uh, it usually doesn't because we're too busy eating turkey and watching football. But but really an understanding of what it means to be thankful. Um, And my uh, next verse in the one we'll uh, use to bring us home <clears throat> really hits on that what it means to be thankful and the role that it plays in our faith overall this is from hebrews chapter 12 verse 28 it reads therefore since we are receiving a kingdom that cannot be shaken let us be thankful and so worship god acceptably with reverence and awe so it starts uh, with uh, therefore and one of the things somebody taught me a long time ago that I think is incredibly wise if you have a sentence starting with therefore, you need to stop and figure out what it's there for, right? So um, the the author has just finished leading up to this in Hebrews 12, creating this beautiful description of some of the rewards of the Christian life. What are the good things that come from worshiping God and, and faithfully serving him? And then uh, he says, since, uh, since these are all the great rewards that uh, come from, and this is how great our our, uh, relationship with God can be and all the great things that can come from it. Because of that, therefore, he says, we ought to be thankful. Uh, We ought to be thankful for all of God's wonderful gifts. So our response to God's gifts and God's love and God's grace and God's rewards and God's provisions and God's guidance, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, is our thankfulness, our appreciation. So it's, uh, you know, when we break down our faith, it's really fairly simple. Like God initiates it with his love and grace for us. We respond with our thanksgiving. And that's really encompasses uh, a good chunk of what our faith is, is uh, an expression of thanksgiving for what God has done for us. First um, John 4.19 also jumped out. At me is really simple. It says, uh, we love because God first loved us. So our faith is really a response to God first loving us uh, by expressing our appreciation, our thanks, and our love uh, back to him. And, uh, and I think this really puts thankfulness and gratitude squarely in the middle. And, and perhaps the catalyst, the most important element of our faith is our ability to be thankful for what God has done for us. And it seems silly that you would have to teach somebody to be thankful, but I think it's exactly what God was doing in the Old Testament, some of the principles we learn in the New Testament. Um, We as people have to be taught to be thankful because we are by nature selfish and um, not appreciative and not necessarily always aware of all the blessings that we are receiving. So um, part of being a a Christian, a healthy Christian, is disciplining ourselves uh, in a way that helps us be thankful. And I think a couple of elements. One is um, we have to create space in our lives to recognize our gifts and and to see all the ways that God is at work in our lives. And if we're not stopping and looking around on occasion, we, we miss almost all of those. And then two, we have to we have to discipline ourselves to. Uh, offer sincere thanks back to God. And just that exchange of seeing the way that God is acting and working in our lives and then responding with our own worship and thanksgiving 
um, really is like the nuts and bolts of what it means to be uh, a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, it sounds so simple, and we wonder why would we commit so much time talking about what it means to be thankful. Well, it's because it, it means everything. It is, <laughs> it is the very core of who we are, what we're about. Um, so I hope that encourages you this Thanksgiving to, uh, yes, be thankful for um, the mashed potatoes, but also to, uh, to consider how you might take this principle on uh, more deeply into your life and your daily practices to, to be more thankful and to discipline yourself to uh, just really change, transform the, the state of your heart uh, to that of one who is just uh, absorbed in Thanksgiving day in and day out because it truly changes us, changes us from the inside out and uh, impacts our faith in, in profound ways. So, uh, happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Um, we, uh, <clears throat> we will be tuning out. We'll come back to you next uh, month at some point, next few weeks, and we'll start talking about, uh, naturally, the next uh, holiday that is before us. Uh, Steven will be itching to get going because he just shared how, <laughs> how obsessed he is with celebrating yeah. Christmas. Or you said you kind of you in, you begrudgingly, like, accept that it's there and just start right. diving in right no i mean once thanksgiving i, I allow christmas to happen <laughs> <laughs> official declaration <laughs> i am now allowing christmas yeah, i am i am the christmas family gatekeeper i'm the gatekeeper for our family <laughs> so then i allow christmas to enter into the family once thanksgiving has passed excellent so, so if yeah. you see any christmas spirit in one of the the girls you <laughs> You squash it immediately, <laughs> yeah. unless it's That's right. after that. Okay, well, I'm you sure. Uh, <laughs> I'm sure uh, that that is an important role. Yeah, yep. yeah. It's no, a role yeah. every father should take. Every father yeah, should take. Right. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'll, I'll it's tough. To it's it's a responsibility I take with with great courage, and um, it's hard. But you know, I I do it. Be proud.
somebody's somebody's got to do it, right? Somebody's got to guard that gate. And if it wasn't for grumpy people like us, uh, you, you know, stave off the Christmas spirit, people <laughs> would be celebrating in like February. Right. It's that's uh, you know, it's yeah, that exactly. contagious. So. Right. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks. Uh, have a very happy Thanksgiving and uh, embrace that quality, too. Thanksgiving into your life is more than just a, a single day and uh, a single event. And we will come back at you uh, in a couple of weeks with some uh, Christmas material once Stephen permits it. <laughs> <laughs> have a wonderful Thanksgiving.